from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. What I don't appreciate, because, listen, I like Dana Cottrell. I like Dana. I do. I like Dana. We, we had the opportunity to meet during this past season, the FSU game. They're honoring the team of the 90s, you know, this this Syracuse team that won multiple Big East champion, you know, the regular season champions and whatnot. So that's all well and good. And talking with, with Dana is all well and good. But right before we came back from the fast break, Dana, you know, had to put a little dig into me on a season where I've already felt, where I felt the pain, where he said, you know what? The Jaguars did beat my Patriots at the beginning of the season. You know, I guess everybody gets lucky sometimes. So, Dana, welcome to the show. Your words are are ruthless, and I don't appreciate them, but welcome to the broadcast. How are we doing today? I'm doing well, Dan. I just want to set it off with, I, I like you too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, look, man, uh, the Jags will be okay. Just don't give up hope. I know you're diehard. Um, you know, everybody on, you know, every team in the NFL don't, aren't set up like the Patriots, man. So, like, Set your goals realistically. And, you know, you bring that up. Not everybody is set up like the Patriots. How would you describe the Patriots set up? This team that just doesn't seem to really ever lose very, very rarely. I know they did in last year's Super Bowl, but this is a team that, you know, they, they're they the UConn women's basketball of the NFL. They're the Duke, you know, men's basketball of the NFL, so to speak. Even more so, I, I would think, you know, even higher than that. How are they set up, in your opinion? Look, I mean, you, you start at the top, man. I mean, with, with Kraft and the move that he made back in the day with bringing in Belichick and, you know, putting in a, a system of, of stability and a, a system of, you know, do your job and be responsible for, for what you're supposed to do and not try to overdo it. And I think that's kind of hones it up man the foundation is there Belichick runs it a certain way um and if you're not on the same page you're not going to be there um and uh you know I, I'm you know, I don't know if what you guys call him some people call him 12 some people call him the goat some people just call him Brady and some people call him a bunch of other names that I can, probably can't say on, on on public airways but uh that guy um from the top down the way that he he goes about his business it trickles down man and, and it just feeds to everybody else across the across the um across the locker room he he works harder than anybody else and he's 50 years old as some say it um so i I think between belichick the system um a guy like brady and the way that he carries himself and 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 prepares himself trickles down to the rest of the team and i think everybody's on the same page man and and you know you, you can see it like you go back to the Super Bowl game prior to the game. Everybody thought that you know there was going to be 120 points scored, and you know there was 16. And it goes back to the old rule of thumb: can you play defense and can you run the ball? Like that's how you win championships. And like you can go back to Lombardi days. Like I remember Coach P saying that you know 
two, two of his famous, a uh, few of his famous things saying to us when we were in college. They never remember September, and if you want to win, you got to play defense and be able to run the ball. And that's what happened in, in, in that Super Bowl game. You know, and that's and that's the thing. You know, we look at the reality of it all, and 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 the fact of. You know, they're not going to remember September. Like you said, they're not going to remember those moments. The Jacksonville Jaguars went up against the New England Patriots in Foxborough in the AFC Championship, not this season, but a season before, lost by four points. And look at look back at that game and look back at that moment and say, okay, you know what, we have to avenge that. So they get the Patriots at home in Jacksonville. They avenge that, and then nothing after that, they avenge it in September, and it's gone after that. I mean, it, they it, if I've lived it at all, you know, being, you know, on-site, on-location, I've lived it in Jacksonville where they do not remember what you did in September. Yeah, and I, I was at that game. I was at that playoff game. And one thing I noticed about those Jaguars, dude, is the talent that they had on the defensive side of the ball was – it, 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 it put a sense in your head that, like, someone – the league's going to have to worry about these guys at some point. Um, the way Jack was running around the field, and I was like, you know, and, you know, we're, we're, we, we're a few plays away from not winning that, that football game, right, uh, on, the, on the Patriots side. But it goes back to, you know, and I know Coughlin's down there kind of, you know, seeing things, but it goes back to what's your structure like. And you got, you got a guy like Ramsey that likes to run his mouth a little bit, super, super talented, right? But – it goes back to the discipline and keeping everything in your locker room and making sure you're worried about worried about and focused on the people within the building. And you get away from that, you get distracted, man. The season's only so long. So, um, look, I think there's a, there's a talented group, there's talented players across the NFL, but it comes down to believing in your system, believing in your coaching staff, and doing what's right for you and your teammates with, you know, within the building. So, um, look. Yeah, you know, there's there's gonna be there's gonna be ups and downs uh, uh, across you know across the league and across uh, across different teams, but you just gotta stick to it and, and and make sure you stay within the process. You guys will be all right, man. Don't don't give up hope. Speaking here with Dana Cottrell, a former Syracuse and New England Patriot linebacker. Dana, I gotta ask you, since you're in Philadelphia nowadays, what the conversation is, what you're seeing on TV and on the radio, and hearing on the radio and the newspapers. What's going on with the with the Nick Foles saga? You know, I I have stated that the first domino to fall in a positive Jaguars offseason is the acquiring of Nick Foles as their quarterback. What are you hearing up there? Um, look. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been in Philadelphia since 2003 now, so Philly fans are they're, they're, they're grungy, man. They're, they're, they're passionate about their sports. I work with um, a lot of guys who uh, are pretty passionate about the Eagles. So um, I will say post-playoff, there's been a lot of silence. There's no, the, the, the miles haven't been running as, as, as they were during the season. Um, but, you know, look – they're, they're a talented squad. I got a good friend of mine in, in, in Syracuse alum, Dwayne Joseph, who works up there in player personnel. I know those guys are, are totally focused on, on you know, getting back to the show like they did last year. Um, but look, you know, it was, it was unfortunate when went down, but very fortunate that they had a guy in, in Foles kind of, in, you know, in, in the background that has the experience, took him to a, to a, to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl um, behind him now. Now there's a little bit, you know, there's there's a, there's a little bit of a jury out on what's going to go on. Looks like Philly did the right thing by, you know, taking the option, um, and they looks like they're going to do the right thing by him. So there's going to be a place for him. Um, 
Um, I don't know if it's going to be in Jacksonville, if it's going to be in New York, where it is, but the guy can play, obviously. Um, you know, he plays well in the big games. They were, you know, look, they were, they were a catch away from going to the championship game again, right? So, um, uh, you, you know, look, he, he's got all the talent in the world, and it's going to be interesting to see kind of where he ends up. He shouldn't be a backup quarterback, I don't think. No, and, and that's the thing is that, you know, obviously he, he is there – to bail out Philadelphia, you know he bailed them out this season. He bailed them out last season. He helped this team fight, figure out a way to get to the playoffs when they looked down and out last year. Won a Super Bowl with a team that nobody, by any stretch of the imagination, can take away that has any type of intelligence. So you know, obviously he's a very, very expensive backup. But you know, I mean, what do you think about Philadelphia saying, you know what, all the eggs are in the basket of Carson Wentz. He's the second overall pick. We trust in him. We believe in him. I mean, I get it. He's talented. He's got a he's got a lot to to give, but he's also a guy that's gotten hurt the last couple of years and a guy that wasn't healthy to, to be in the Super Bowl or even in that run in the playoffs. So as much as Nick Foles is very, very, very expensive to be a backup, what do you think about the fact that the Eagles will have to lean on a guy who's extremely talented in Carson Wentz, but also often injured. Um, it's still early on in his career, right? Um, we can go back to, you know, look, this isn't, I don't think this is an RG3 conversation, right? Um, uh, it, he, I think for Wentz, he's super talented. He's very cerebral. Um, I think the loyalty factor for, for football, they spent a lot of money, one, um, I think the loyalty factor for the for, for Philly is is definitely in play, um, but being that they did kind of retain Foles and they're they're, they're they're you know having an expensive uh, backup in play, it's either um, maybe there's something in the back of their heads that maybe Wentz won't be healthy, or maybe they have something you know uh, lined up as far as trade. Um, but it sounds like Wentz is going to be that guy, and I think that's what the community wants around here in Philadelphia, and we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, you know, look, the guy's super talented. He's great with the community. Like, you know, you, you see it on the TV stations here locally. He's always doing something, uh, you know, in the community with underprivileged kids. And, you know, there was a big story out there with that one one unfortunate um, young boy that, that passed away. But, um, you know, he was very involved with his family. He continues to be involved with his family. So, look, it's, it, a lot of times it's not just about football. This guy's a good guy. Um, I think they're going to stand behind him, um, um, you know, until, uh, until they have to move forward. But, um as long as he's healthy, the dude can play. That coming from Dana Cottrell, a New England Patriots linebacker alum, as well as a former Syracuse player. So let's get into the Patriots. Okay, you brought up this statement that there's a bunch of different names for Tom Brady, TB12, the GOAT, this, that, and the other. And then there's names that we can't say on national and international radio. So, you know, what do you think about Tom Brady? Okay, I'm going I'm to paint the picture here. Now, of not just Tom Brady, but of the team. Okay, so let's handle that first, and let's handle Brady. This team, nine Super Bowl appearances in the last 18 seasons. 50% of the time, they are going to the Super Bowl of the 16 teams that are on the side of the AFC. They are advancing 50% of the time to represent the AFC. In that 50% of the time that they're advancing in the last 18 seasons, they are winning six Super Bowls in nine tries, which is 67% effective. These numbers of any team in any sport are insane. Whether it's a single team, doesn't matter what it is, any sport anywhere, to say that 50% of the time they make the national championship 
and 67% of the time they win that national championship. Thoughts on those numbers? It's remarkable, man. It's it's literally remarkable, and it's special to watch, right? Like, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid in Boston, man, we used to go uh, over to Sullivan Stadium sometime um, where my dad would take me, and he was friends with a guy named Julius Adams who played on the team. Um, and I had, you know, we, we went through those days, and, you know, the 85, 85 Patriots, 85 Bears was the only highlight up, and through, up until basically, you know, Parcel years when we went back to the other Super Bowl, and then there was another little bit of a drought until Belichick got there. So it wasn't always, you know, roses and and and, uh, and teddy bears up there for us. So look, what Belichick and his regime have, and and Kraft have done, uh, you just lay the numbers out. It, it's it's unprecedented, man. It and it goes back to the system doing things the right way and. And, 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 you know, following your leader, if you will, like Bel- Belichick's a no-nonsense guy. I'm, I'm real good friends with, with Willie McGinnis and William Malloy. And, like, these guys play for Belichick. And they also play for Parcells. And they're a little bit of the they, – they, they have a little bit of the same DNA, right? Um, but anything you hear out of those guys from, you know, how was, how was Belichick as a coach and how was he, you know, uh, from a disciplinary standpoint – they were just like, man, you didn't mess around. You either did it or you you, you weren't going to be around. So I think all of that folds into the statistics you just talked about. These guys find a way to get into the playoffs and peak at the end of the year. Look, we lost to Jacksonville. I think the week after that, we lost to Detroit. Um, after that, it was like, okay, let's let, let's let, let's reset a little bit and, and and figure it out. And then they started to peak again. Like going into that that Kansas City game. No one gave us a shot. And I know everyone's like, oh, Patriots, you know, screaming, what was me again? What was me with no respect? But look, like we're with a, with a, with a hated target out there. And to go into Kansas City and win a game like that in overtime, we controlled the game. Third quarter got a little bit it got a little bit shaky, but we controlled that first half of the game. And to go, in a, to go into Arrowhead and do that, that's special, man. And it takes a special group of guys that have the same focus, uh, like I said, like, be together in the building. Those guys were together in the building. They didn't care what was going on in Kansas City or in the stands. Um, like those are the things that you know, the intangibles that a lot of teams in the NFL just they, they just can't do it consistently. And these guys are really consistent on how they how they approach their work. Yeah, you know, we we see the consistency of the New England Patriots. Speaking here with Dana Cottrell, Syracuse Orange, as well as New England Patriot linebacker alum. This this level of consistency. That they have, you know, everybody wants to talk about Tom Brady, but let's speak on Bill Belichick because Belichick won games with Matt Castle. He won games with Jimmy Garoppolo. He won games with Jacoby Brissett. He won games with Tom Brady. He's done it with Wes Welker and Julian Edelman and Chris Hogan and Randy Moss and Kevin Falk and James White. And you know Willie McGinnis, and you know, and so on and so forth. This 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 man has figured out a way, he has figured out a system, an offensive and defensive scheme where he can plug and play the backups and the the third the third string guy is going to get it done. So we give a lot of credit to Tom Brady, but this is a Bill Belichick thing in my opinion. What can you say about the coaching, the mind, the scheming of Bill Belichick because I think if we're going to congratulate anybody on six rings in nine years, six rings and nine shots over the last 18 years, I think more than anyone, even more than Brady, we have to congratulate Bill Belichick. Am I wrong in saying that? I think there's some truth in the statement. Now, I think what, you know, look, 
the, the system and the, 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 the scheming, incredible. Game to game on that defensive side of the ball, it, it never looks the same, ever. Right? So, like, you, you go back to the Kansas City game. Kelsey didn't exist. Um, Tyreek Hill took him out. Didn't exist. Like it's scheming week to week, right? They're gonna take their best. They're gonna take their best guys, and they're gonna focus on your best guy, and they're gonna take him out of the game. Everybody tries to do it. Nobody's really effective at doing it consistently. Now, what I will take a step back and, and disagree with you is when you say it's more Belichick than, than Brady. What Brady's really good at, and there's, there's been a handful of quarterbacks that are good at it. Peyton Manning, uh, Drew Brees is good, really good at it, uh, and I think Brady is arguably one of the best recognizing the mismatch and putting that team in the right play against a certain defense. He is, I think, and I watch a lot of football and I watch a lot of the Patriots, Patriots games, basically all of them. He's a master at it. Literally. Now going into that, into that Rams Rams game, Wade Phillips called an unbelievable defensive game. Unbelievable. You should see like, I mean, if you have a football mind and you're watching what these secondary guys are doing pre-play, Pre-play, they look up, they're lining up, and man, guys motion him, he's going with him. Next thing you know, they're popping into some type of a zone coverage. And it happens quick, and Brady's one of those guys that gets the ball out pretty fast. That, that's why there wasn't 30-some-odd some points uh, scored. Wade Phillips called a great game. But um, you know, going back to what you were talking about, I, I do think you have to give Tom Brady a lot of credit. Also, Dante Skarnecchia, who manages that offensive line year in and year out, Unbelievable job. Brady didn't get hit for three weeks up until Sunday. Ivan Fears, another long-term coach over there, was a Syracuse guy, was a Syracuse guy, uh, coaching running backs. You have coaches over there that have been in that system and understand. Dante Skarnecki is the longest-tenured Patriots coach in history. He retired and came back. Like, that guy, that guy managing that offensive line and protecting arguably one of their best assets is huge. For a quarterback not to get hit throughout the playoffs is ridiculous. And we see, we see this though, and we see you know obviously like you said, giving credit all throughout you know this Patriots team, and and then you know the disagreement coming with Tom Brady picking it apart. I think Tom is is a fantastic mind. The question that I have when when it's you know is he the goat? Is he the greatest quarterback of all time? Is the fact that Who's you know, better? would you say? Who's better? Who's better than Tom Brady? I think I think if we look at Super Bowl wins strictly, it's got to be Tom Brady. I think if we look at I think if we look at arm down the field and we look at because a lot of Brady's hay comes with yards after completion. He's got guys like Edelman and Welker and James White. You know James White had seven hundred. What was it? Seven hundred fifty-one yards from scrimmage or on re- receiving and 665 were after the catch. So Brady only accounted for, you know, like maybe 90 of those yards that he actually threw to him. So I look at Elway, I look at Young, you know, there's there's certain guys. And when I'm looking at somebody that's beaming the ball down the field, I'm looking at Marino and whatnot. So that's, you know, from that standpoint, I don't think he's the guy. From yeah, the system the ar- I quarterback. The argument, I think the argument there is, Dan, you look at you look at you know Montana Young, uh, Marino. Look at their receivers. They had guys that can get down the field, right? Like when when Randy Moss was in in New England, where did Brady go? Down the field, right? You know we don't have deep there. When when Cooks was there, down the field, like we, we, we don't have those those assets right now. So he, they take what? How about this? If he if he if he sees a window go down the field, he's throwing that ball down the field. 
but he's taking what he what what they give him, and that's part of the system. So if you you want to knock a guy for that, so be it. But I still think with the 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 tools that he has in his toolbox that he's been presented with year after year after year, and it's always different. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't I, think I I, I I don't think you can uh, I don't think you can you can really question uh, that that he's probably if not the best. Well, he's definitely up there. You know, I think if we're talking about championship guys, he's number one. I think if we're talking about if if we're talking about scheming, you know, if we're if we're talking about system quarterbacks in the NFL, he's number one. If we're talking about arm, I put him up there, but not top. But he's forty one years old now. I no, no, I know that, but I'm I'm saying I'm saying arm in general. I'm saying arm in general. I don't think I can call him the golden arm of the NFL uh, of his. Oh, no. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, but he's pretty, he's, pretty darn, he's pretty goddamn good. He's good. Look what he did when he came back and won that game in Atlanta, man. Every ball he put was on the spot because that defense coverage was as tight as you've ever seen it. So those are some of the best throws I've ever seen him make. And the thing, but the thing is about him is, and the question that comes up, and the question that we've had here on the show is that Tom Brady has had a lot of success in Bell Belichick's offense. We haven't seen him in anybody else's scheming. We haven't seen him in any other system. We've just seen him in Belichick's system. And when Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, Matt Castle have stepped into that system, they've won. Matt Castle was eleven and five in the system. So the question that comes up is. Is Tom Brady? Does he look? I mean, obviously you got to make the throws and the timing and all that. But does he look better than maybe he would have somewhere else? Because these backup quarterbacks that are behind him that have had to fill in for him when they leave and they go somewhere else and they make millions of dollars and they're a starting quarterback, Matt Castle, the biggest you know kind of uh, definition of what I'm about to say here is that they look really, 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 really good, and then they go somewhere else and they can't win three games to save their life. So, yeah, I guess, I guess that's the, 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 we're never going to really know the answer to that because I, I don't think you're ever going to see him play anywhere else. Right. Um, so so uh, that's, that's a hard one to answer, but I, I hear your argument. So I, I, think, you know, I think you know what's fair to say is that Bill Belichick can take a bunch of no-names because, again, it's a system. He's fitting a system. James White, you know, who is James White in the NFL you know, is he on the practice squad? Is he a third string running back? You know, who is Julian Edelman? Who, you know, who is Wes Wel- Wes Welker? Get was a forgotten guy. Is a forgotten guy in the NFL down in Miami. So, you know, or, well, Danny Amendola, I should say. So, you know, when we look at the grand scheme of of all of this, is you know, where would these guys be if not for being inside of the Patriots? scheming inside of Bill Belichick's, you know, kind of blueprint here. So I think more than anything else, and I'm not trying, I mean, they got to make the throws, they got to make the catches, they got to get the interceptions, they got to make the tackles and the sacks and whatnot. I'm not taking that away from the players. I'm saying that I think that above everything, Bill Belichick is the reason why all of these no-names become names in the NFL because take them out and they're interchangeable. If they lose a guy, there's some random no-name Bob Smith that comes onto the team and he's got a thousand yards receiving because they figure out a way to do it. And I think above everything else, we have to give credit to Bill Belichick at the top of the heap in this one. I'll, I'll go with you on that. I'll go with you on that. Look, like I said, man, he he figures out a formula to uh, you know with with uh, with the chemicals that he has, I guess you know, and um, he's he's really really good at it. And, and you know, to, 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 you know to, to further your point, anyone who's left there, and we're not just talking quarterbacks, we're talking, like, receivers. Anyone who's left there hasn't really gone on to do 
much. Now, they, you know, I guess the one the one thing you can say is like you know coming through that system and doing well in that system to get you paid. Uh, you look at Dion Branch, right? Like he was unbelievable in the Patriots uniform. He left, and he had a couple of good years after that, and then it's kind of kind of fell off. But um, so, so I, I do agree with you in that that sense that uh, Belichick has a way of uh, taking kind of. I guess the ordinary guy and, and, and put him in a situation and put him in uh and play to kind of be successful. So, you know, kudos to him, but I, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Belichick fan. I'm a huge Brady fan. I'm a huge Patriots fan. Um, you know, being down stand up is what we do. We win championships. Like, you know, it was just, I think 95 or 97 days before our last, you know, uh, was our last one when the Red Sox won. So we're having a good year in Boston. Yeah, you know, Boston with the Bruins, the Celtics, the Red Sox, the Patriots, you know, and, and, you know, obviously with the Boston Marathon, there's a lot of great things that are happening in Boston. And also, also in Boston, the Massachusetts area, is a place called Wahlburgers, which is amazing. So, <laughs> so I got to... Got to give it up to uh, to you know to uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch as well as you know Mister yeah. New Kid on the Block Donnie. But he's got one right here in Philly too, man. They're, they're, they're spreading out. They're going. I know they're in Toronto. I know. I mean, I was up there in Toronto. <laughs> I saw one up in Toronto. So, but but no, I mean to to your point, to both of our points, Wes Welker, you know, went to Denver. How many people know that Wes Welker went to St. Louis and finished off his career as a Ram? Who know? You know what I mean? So West drops off, Dion Branch drops off, Danny Amendola drops off. You know, the, these guys just kind of fade off into the sunset after leaving the Patriots. So this is my question to you. Why can't anybody figure out Bill Belichick? Like you remember back in the day, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban were both on the Cleveland Browns staff and the team sucked. And then Nick Saban came into the NFL again with the Miami Dolphins and the Miami Dolphins sucked. But now Nick Saban is the guy you don't want to play in college. Bill Belichick's the guy you don't want to play in the NFL. What is going on with Bill Bel? Why, why is why is Bill Belichick? I mean, what what is it about? Him? I mean, it's kind of like Stephen King. You know, when Stephen King is no longer a part of this world, and, and and granted, I'm not saying I want him to go anytime soon, but you want to pick apart his brain to figure out if there was either a piece missing or an extra piece because there's something different about his brain. Bill Belichick, there's like a there's like a left brain, a right brain, and then there's like there's like a left, you know, a southeast corner of his brain where God just put a bunch of extra information. Well, I mean, what is going on with nobody can beat Bill Belichick? Hardly ever. The NFC East can, but nobody else can. He's a mad scientist, I guess, man. Like maybe maybe he does have an extra chromosome or something. But I, he, he, you know, from what I hear is he puts his team he shows his team every situation so they're not going to be surprised when they see it uh, you, might not, you might not see it till week 10 but you're going to see it eventually you know what i mean so like i think the way that they they prepare up there is just different man i've gone and watched practice um i've gone gone up to training camp and, saw, and see how they kind of drill and um it, it's it being around you know different training camps in the past it's just different it literally is different and and uh, it, it, there's no nonsense approach to it. Um, so I, I think he really just overcovers things and and just puts guys in situations where they're prepared for you know the unknown, uh, whatever it's going to happen. So I, I just think he's better better at preparing guys than, than anyone else, and he's seen everything. You know, um, you know, especially especially being a defensive minded guy. Um, you know, look, no one no one ever talks, says anything about the Patriots defense, right? The way that this team played, like Hightower, come on, man. Van Noy, those guys played lights out. 
lights out in the, in the Super Bowl game, and no one's gonna no one's gonna give him that recognition. But that goes back to scheming from Belichick. Belichick's defensive minded guy, Flores, going to Miami. He's gonna probably do, you know be successful down there. But you know him having that Bill Belichick tutelage, I think just gave him a, gave him a good opportunity and a good shot to want, not one only get recruited you know within the conference, but two to have a defensive product on the field for the you know for the, for the season, especially the last five games of the year that really really outperformed. You know, and, and I think, I mean, it, it is, and you bring up a good point here. You know, this defense, and and again with the defense, you know, this defense just figures out ways to get better as the season progresses. You know, it's a, it's a defense that, you know, what do we hear? The secondary is not that good. They can't get to the quarterback. You know, George O'Leary told me a few years back, the former Syracuse assistant coach and, and, and obviously former UCF head coach, made a statement to me. He said, you build from the inside out. The offensive and defensive line. He said, if you are not building in the trenches, you will never win a championship. That is where championships are born. That is where they come from. If you don't know that, you're not winning. I mean, he made it very, very, very clear. And 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 what did what did the Patriots do? They won at the line of scrimmage. Offensively and defensively, they were a nightmare in the Super Bowl. And, you know, nobody talks about their offensive line or their defensive line or their ability to attack. And I, I just kind of sit back every year and question the fact of why don't people say anything about what they do at the line of scrimmage? Well, you, you know why. It's because you got, well, I know you don't think so, but you have arguably the best quarterback in the NFL standing behind that offensive line, right? So that's where the focal point goes. Uh, and, 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 and we know that as, a, you know, as, as football fans, you know, we love offense and we love to see high scoring games and things like that. But like, that's why I think, you know, defense is always a little bit overlooked. Um, but, you know, if, if you're a fan and you know, you know, um, digging down, digging back down into it, like you, you can't get to the playoffs without having a, having a, a good defensive run. So, um, you can go back to the you know Steelers teams back in the day, you know when Bettis was there, and they had that you know they had that defense that was just causing havoc all over the place. They ran the ball and they played defense. And when it comes down to it, you saw what happened you know this past Sunday, and, and, and even in prior games, man, like Sony Michelle, no one's talking about him. He had an unbelievable second half of the season after being injured, middle of the season, right? Like. Those are little intangibles, but like you said, man, when you got a when you got a star quarterback that that can you know is arguably going to be a you know a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, well, definitely will be. Um, that's where the focal point goes. By the way, shout out to my man Ty Law for uh, for getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. What's Ty Law and Ty and I and I I have Ty Law cards. I remember, you know, like I've collected all my life, so you know I have all that stuff. And uh, Drew Bledsoe, I think, was the first. Jersey that I had because I, I was just a really big fan. I was a fan of Drew Bledsoe. I was a fan of quarterbacks. I like Bledsoe. I like Favre. I like, you know, Aikman and Marino and whatnot. But, you know, when we look at when we look at this, speaking here with Dana Cottrell, Syracuse Orange and New England Patriot linebacker alum, you know, like you said, Sony Michelle and, and a lot of people not talking about him. You know, he has been spoken about on this show over and over and over again. And I agree with you that we don't talk about him enough, but I will also make the statement that 
I love to talk about him because I watched him in the championship game against Alabama with Georgia and him and Nick Chubb, and I've been following these two Georgia guys and looking at what they've been able to do and the fact that Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, I believe, both finished their rookie season this season with over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. So Sony Michelle has 931 yards on the ground and receiving. Sony Michelle had uh, 50 yards, you know, kind of quiet there, you know, here in the regular season. But, you know, obviously did more in the postseason and whatnot. He has been such a big piece to this. And, and I think, you know, with the Patriots, you know, the James Whites and the Cordero Pattersons and the Rex Burkheads and the Kenyon Barners and Jeremy Hill, you know, the, these are these are guys that were, you know, kind of washed up or they're nobodies and no names. They pick them up here. They put them there. You know, the, the Patriots could scour the practice squads of 31 other NFL teams and find all pro guys to run the ball. When they went and they draft, and that is the system of Bill Belichick, when they drafted Sony Michelle in the first round, I said to myself two things. 31 teams in the NFL just had a collective gasp that they let it happen. And, <laughs> and secondly, if they're drafting a first-round running back, they're stating to you for the first time that I've seen in the Bill Belichick era that they're going to go after they're between the tackle running back and they're going to pay him what he deserves because a lot of these guys are James White's and the whatnot you're just you're picking these guys up as you go you know you're just finding the crumbs that were left by other teams and you're turning them into something you're you're Tarantinoing the thing you know you're we're going from the we're going from like the end of their career and now we're resurrecting we're bringing it all back with the case of Sony Michelle it was a different world they they went out and they got a guy who people respect, who is coming off of a national championship opportunity, who came from Georgia, which is a storied program, and we all knew about if you were following college football. So as soon as they did that, I knew that this was a little bit of a transition for the Patriots. They said, you know what? Tom's getting a little bit older. We need a between-the-tackle guy. We need to let him run the ball so that Tom doesn't have to do as much and this guy can take care of it. I thought this was a really interesting move by the Patriots to go and get themselves a name running back as opposed to just finding somebody on somebody else's team that somebody forgot about. No, totally. They they, they definitely, I mean, like you said, man, they, they normally don't spend money there, right? So um, it was definitely a, um, it was definitely a sign to, 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 you know, to refocus on the, on the running game. Um, look, you just said a stat, right? You said he had 50 yards receiving out of the backfield. They're gonna they're gonna always have this two back system, right? Where they have, they're gonna have a, a guy to the likes of White. Remember back in the day when they had Kevin Falk, he was that kind of guy. Um, but now when they they have a guy that can, you know, they they can focus on running in between the tackles. It just makes your team more dangerous, especially in a play action game, man. So, um, and like you said, like you know, Brady's not going down the field. It's these short passes and like that 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 play action. That's where it frees up those deep shots down the field when you get one on one coverage, right? So it's all part of the scheme, and it's all part of the uh, you know the the, the um, you know the the, the the science behind uh, how Belichick's formulating his offense. Yeah, absolutely, and you know there's a lot of success that's that's coming on this running game, and with Sony Michelle, it gives James White some more, it gives Rex Burkhead some more, and and this Rams defense, you brought it up. You know, Wade Phillips called a great game as defensive coordinator. He's one of those coaches that's not necessarily a great head coach, but he's a really good offense. You know, he's a really good defensive coordinator. And and you got Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue and Aqib Tlaib and, and so on and so forth on this team. Did a tremendous job. But what happened to the Rams is what 
you know, I believe happened to the Jaguars in the AFC Championship game a couple seasons ago, and that is the fact that they played a lights-out, shut-down, for the most part, defense. But when you are on the field over and over and over again and your offense is giving you no opportunities, especially late in the game, you are going to falter. You are going to have your moments. You know, people talk about, well, you know, these are NFL guys. They shouldn't be fatigued. Listen. If you're on the field the majority of the time, Jared Goff did nothing. The offensive line that was voted the best offensive line in the country looked like the 31st offensive line in the country. So the reality of it all is Jared Goff did nothing. The offensive line did nothing. Todd Gurley, for some odd reason that nobody has still answered this question. That was crazy. <laughs> and, we'll talk, and we'll talk about that in a second because – I'm in the twilight zone right now, you know, with, uh, I just, I don't get it. So all of that stuff goes on at the end of the game. The Patriots always seem to have a pocket of energy that they can store better than everybody else. And then they just use it. It's kind of like being in Mario Kart and holding on to one of those, you know, one of those things you pick up. And then when you're in second place, you just throw it at the end and then you win the game. That's what the Patriots do. And at the same time, as good as any defense is, Jaguars last season, Rams this season, you're going to eventually get tired when you're on the field the majority of the game. It's just a fact. No, that's true. That's true. And look, we, we, we've been in a lot of situations. I don't say we, the Patriots have been in a lot of situations where they've had to come back and win it with two, three minutes left in the game. And that's all part, part of preparing for that, right? Like, you think they don't, they're not up in Foxborough doing two-minute drill every single day? If, if you don't think that's happening, you're crazy, right? Like, they are prepared for those situations. And what it takes is the defensive on one play, two plays, three plays, to not be, not be ready. Not be ready for a situation that they see. Like, oh, this situation looks foreign to me. Like, what are we doing? Next thing you know, the ball snapped and the ball's out. And that's what it takes. And they, they just they just do it better than, than, you know, the majority of the teams in the NFL, man. They do. You know, they just do it well. So let's get into this before we let we let you go this morning. Speaking in the first hour with Dana Cottrell. Dana Cottrell, Syracuse Orange and New England Patriot linebacker alum, born and raised in Massachusetts, now in Philadelphia. That's got to make for a very schizophrenic type of lifestyle, Dana. But <laughs> but to uh, to be where to uh, let's get into the Todd Gurley conversation, okay? Because I read on the show that Jared Goff said, "I want to get him the ball." You know, he's a weapon, but I don't call the shots. We got Sean McVay saying, oh, my God, I was so flustered. I, I didn't even know where my pen was, and I didn't know, you know, I didn't have an apple that morning, and I, you know, I just I just kind of, you know, I mean, we're, we're hearing a frantic, I mean, and obviously I'm making up. He didn't talk about pens and apples, but he might as well because nothing made any sense. And then Todd Gurley says, no, I was healthy. I was good to go. I'm, I'm not injured. So you have the arguable, arguably the best running back in the nation. You have a guy who's making – 50 some odd million dollars guaranteed or I'm sorry you want a 54.5 million dollar contract I think it is majority of it guaranteed <laughs> you just paid this man over 50 million dollars you said to this man that he is the greatest running back in the league right now you paid him as such and he is on the sideline with his helmet on and mouth guard watching Jared Goff in this offensive line run around in circles and chase butterflies Please tell me what the hell happened here. I, I, I was literally, I was sitting on my couch and I was in shock, dude. I'm just like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, what, 
are they doing? And I was happy about it. Don't get me wrong, because you put that guy in a game, he's a weapon. But he's standing on the, on the sideline looking like a, a lost dog a little bit. And I'm like, what is going on? I thought he was hurt. Looked like he was maybe favoring his leg a little bit, but then they put him in and he looked fine. So, look, I don't, I don't have the answers, but thanks, Sean McVay. Appreciate you. I mean, you know, so, uh, Rob had said to me on yesterday's show, he said, you know, Sean McVay should have known that you key in on Julian Edelman and you take out the best player of the game. And I said, well, Sean McVay did key in on the best player of the game and took him out. He took out Todd Gurley. <laughs> exactly. Well, they try, they try to double-team Jules, man. He just, he's so quick. Like, you double-team him, he's still going to give you six feet of separation. So, and that ball's coming out, man. He's got to shave that beard, though, man. He's got to shave that beard. That beard is... That's, that, that's exclusive for, for concussions, brother. <laughs> I guess so, because I don't even know how he fits that beard inside of the helmet. I don't know how he gets it in. He's smarter than you think. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but real. I mean, what this girly thing, I mean, has there, and, and I know you're a former Patriot, and I know you grew up around it and all that stuff, and I know you're a Patriots fan now through and through and whatnot. I get all of that. But you have to admit to me that when the Patriots play in these big-time games, any game during the season, really, especially when they're close and especially in the Super Bowl, there's weird stuff that just seems to go their way. And the Todd Gurley thing, like Bill Belichick's got to be sitting there going, I scheme for the best running back in the nation, and Sean McVay is not. But like, I'm I'm just trying to figure out like, did an Italian guy meet Sean McVay on the field the night before the game and say, hey, you know what? Why don't you? Why don't you know? Is there is there a pesh? I'm just I'm just telling you like, is there a is there a pesci guy out there going, hey, you know what? If you don't play this guy, maybe that'll be okay. I mean, I I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on in the grand scheme of things. Going. I don't think that you want to mess with me, messing with you, messing with me in this game. I mean, I, I why would you keep Todd Gurley out of the game? What like there? What is the mentality of this is my best player of all three phases of the game? I think that playing the best, the historically best team in the history of the NFL, I think that we should keep our best player on the bench. Look, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a question that no one's gonna have to answer for, but McVay. Look. This guy still, you know, Patriot Nation is still questioning when they took, um, what's my man we traded to uh, Tennessee and he's now disappeared, uh, cornerback, um, Malcolm Butler. Yeah. Why they didn't play him in, against the Eagles, right? Yeah. No one knows the answer. And no one's going to know about the coach, but how about that, you know, that, 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 that's a big deal, dude. He was, he, he was playing well all year long and next thing you know, he doesn't show up. Look, there's unanswered questions that only the coaches know the answer to and, you know, just gotta live with it, but you know, I'm 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 happy Gurley didn't play. <laughs> it just it just seems to be, you know, it's you know, Bill Belichick doesn't need anybody's help, but somehow, some way, Sean McVay get and I mean, Sean McVay looked completely fl- and flustered. You know, and he's th- he just turned 33. I'm 30. Th- I've been 33 for a few months now. I'm gonna say two things to Sean McVay. Okay, first of all, I'm a few months older than you. Okay, so I'm gonna t- I'm gonna teach you. I'm gonna give you some wisdom. Okay, you play Ty Gurley. Okay, if you don't play him, if you pay him, you play him. If you're not gonna play him, you're gonna lose him. Okay, it's like being in a relationship. The girl said yes. She started dating you. You put a ring on it, but if you don't appreciate it, it's not gonna be there forever. So you know that's reality first and foremost, Sean McVay. The second thing I want to say to you is don't make 33 year old people look like we're not intelligent because that's not. <laughs> 
Like, don't make me look like I don't have wisdom and that I have I don't have a, a few miles, you know, that I've gone in my life. Don't make me look like I don't get it. Don't make me look like what's that? What's the generation that the, the it's not the um the millen- don't make me look like a millennial. Yeah, don't make me look like that. Don't do that. Don't do that, Sean McVay. Maybe she give him a call, man, and you guys should hash it out. I don't know. And if you find out the answer, just uh, let me know. I think him and I need to. We need to sit down and have a heart to heart. We need to talk about the fact that when you're representing the 33 year olds of this country. We need to do it a better way because, I mean, even no matter how nervous he was, sleepless, restless nights, you, you what you do, what you wake up in the morning, the, the day of the Super Bowl, you put a post-it note on your head that says, if all else fails, play Todd Gurley. That's all. I mean, you put a post-it note on your, it's the only thing you need to know. Sean McVay has looked like a genius all season long, last season. This is the thing. The only thing you had to remember in the Super Bowl is to play Todd Gurley. It's the only thing. It's like it's like somebody told you you were going on a plane overseas and the only thing you had to remember is your toothbrush. And you're like, oh, crap, man. I totally I forgot that I had to brush my teeth when I got over there. Cause, I spaced. I spaced. Yeah. I was going to England. They don't brush their teeth. I didn't think I needed it. You know, I mean. <laughs> you said that, not me. <laughs> Listen, I just watch Austin Powers movies. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to keep up with the times here. But, you know, the the reality of it all is the Patriots, tremendous team. Tom Brady, tremendous system quarterback. Bill Belichick is a mastermind. And uh, my final question for you is, do you have romance in your life that's as strong and as charismatic as Tom Brady with his 12-year-old son? I got I got a six year old daughter Holmes and she's the light of my life so yeah, yeah I do <laughs> <laughs> which is good I just hope that if you watch that video because the way that he kisses his son has has left a lot of people feeling a little bit unnervy so <laughs> hey, hey look that, that's family dude like people 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 show love and affection certain different ways yeah. I never go at that you know I, no. I, I, the, the affection I, I love I love to see it. Um, I kiss my dad on the cheek, but I'm not like you know kissing him on the mouth for two minutes. I, I can't do that. So no, come on, come on, Dad. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying I love my father. Love come him. On. I love him. But you know yeah, may, yeah. maybe you know but you know Tom Brady he's an interesting cat. He likes male Uggs. And and Dana you can't you can't tell hey, me that. Let's, 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 hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> he, he's he's got the one uh, to him obviously. He's got the one of the most famous and beautiful wives in the in, in, in the universe Giselle. in the world Giselle. Right? so so let's 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 not question his manhood his manhood but i, I will i will you, i will say you, this though you land, you land that you doing something right homeboy but he also has a love child with Bridget Moynihan who is also yeah, yeah, one of the most right, I'm, I'm done i'm done <laughs> you're not, you're not give me into this one, no 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 listen nope. listen listen what i'm going to say dana Listen to what I'm saying, Dana. Live radio here. Listen to what I'm saying. He had, he has Giselle. He had Bridget Moynihan, two of the most beautiful women ever to be created by God on this planet. Uh huh. So I think, I mean, he's doing okay for himself. No, he's doing great. He's doing great, and he loves his kid, and that's 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 more beautiful than me. Yeah, and it's and it's uh it's tremendous. I like the fact that. You know, uh, Bill Belichick, it was funny when they asked his granddaughter when they put the mic to her and she had that scowl. I was like, oh, the family's the same. (laughs) Good stuff. You just see it come from that. Bill Belichick, man, just getting it done. Tom Brady doing his thing. All jokes aside, 
This team is the team that nobody wants to play. Nobody wants to face. Brady said he wants to play until he's 45, and everybody thought that was a joke. I don't think it's a joke. I think he's going to play into And I will tell you this. When Brady and Belichick decide to co-retire, I think Jesus is going to come back. I don't think we're going to have five minutes in between. <laughs> I think Jesus is coming. <laughs> we got we got five years to get this ship together. That's right. That's so right. so Dana, you you can get on my arc. I'm gonna let that happen. So nice, you man. I it. can I bring two? You can bring two. Yeah, you can bring right. two. Sweet. We'll hook you up. We'll keep you safe. So All right, man. with that being said, congratulations on your win. I'm sure it's exciting to to wear your Patriot stuff in Philadelphia, but I know that you'll do it proud. Of course I will. Um, and, and go go Syracuse, man. You know my first blood dies. But I appreciate you having me on, Dan. Absolutely. And congratulations. I'll talk with you soon. All right, brother. Take care.